What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And here once again with me is my co-host and co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? No, I'm doing well. I'm back in uh, beautiful Colorado. Uh, Had some good experiences at the Major League Baseball GM meetings in Carlsbad. Got to spend some time with Bill Schmidt and uh, some of the other National League GMs to kind of hear what was brewing around. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but I also know that uh, we've got a player signing to talk about, too. Yes, we do. But uh, as you kind of alluded to, or not kind of, you did allude to. I did. uh, Yeah. Where in the world is Kevin Henry? You were in two different places. You were in Carlsbad and you were in Seattle this week. I was. Yep. It was a, a week on the West Coast. Uh, some good travel. Uh, and it's interesting uh, for those of you who live in Denver. Uh, I, you know, we always joke about how the Mariners are the AL Rockies. We always joke about that. And every time I go to Seattle, I'm reminded just how much of a Seahawks town it is, much like this is a Broncos town, you know, so there's no Mariners stuff anywhere to find, uh, but uh, plenty of Seahawks stuff, just like there is Broncos gear here in Denver. So very similar situations, my friend. Hey, at least the Rockies have been to the playoffs once, more than once in the last, uh, I don't know, two decades. <laughs> <laughs> little different, you know. Yeah, drove by T-Mobile Field, uh, you know, and and uh, but it's always um, going to be Safeco Field, but always uh, that that's just it. I was joking with one of the the folks I was up there. I'm like, you know, we've changed the name of Key Arena, we changed the name of Century Link Field, we changed the name of Safeco. I'm just like, what what is it with you all never being able just to settle on one name? It's kind of like uh, that White Sox Stadium that seems like it keeps switching. And then whatever they call it in. Um... Uh, San Francisco to me, uh, honestly, oh, yeah. I, th- I think of it, I do think of it as AT&T, okay. but I also think of it as Pac-Bell. <laughs> See, and, and I always go Oracle. That's funny. Uh, that, that's always my first thought with their home park. So go figure, <laughs> you know, but I guess now about that's SBC, where though. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and, and by the way, just watched the other day, um, 
San Andreas with, of course, the finest actor of our generation, Dwayne Johnson. And, you know, the fact that the fact that he parachutes in to San Francisco's field and keeps people from getting hit from all the lights falling you know, off. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But, uh, you know, it made me think of all the major league baseball stadiums that have been in movies or disaster movies through the years. So that might be an interesting uh, compilation at some point. Now, I have not seen it before, but it shouldn't be the lights falling on top of anyone. If anything, they should have filmed Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds there. (laughs) Exactly. See, that's a good point, too, because we know that they swarm those uh, leftover hot dogs and popcorn after every game. We know that. Good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to put on my my list about uh, stadiums that have been in movies. So I'll have to figure that out. Of course, you know, there's there's always the great. Uh, and now Robert De Niro, uh, the fan. Ah, uh, and fan. then uh, well, obviously there's two the baseball movies, Major League. Even though it was part of Cleveland, it was filmed at County Stadium in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Hey, and they got the Bob Euchre didn't have to travel. So, and how about the little tidbit that we found while we were in Chicago with the Rockies earlier this year with the manager of the Colorado Rockies? Oh, yes, who made a movie debut. Now, you know, we we may need to talk more about this at some point, but Bud Black actually being in rookie of the year, yes, kudos to him for that. A lot of people don't know that. And if you are, uh, eager to watch it in the next few days it is at the very beginning and he will tell you that he has the blackest hair of anybody there and of course (laughs) he says he has the blackest hair because he does not have the blackest of hair now but yeah and the story uh, uh, the quick version of the story is he said he was watching it with his daughters yep and he said wait that's a giants player running there wait that's me Yeah, it's at the very start of the movie where yeah. they show the warm-ups happening. Yep, when when they show, I think it's three players running in the outfield. Yeah. Yep, Bud Black is one of those players. So there you go. Yep. I believe it is when Gary Busey's name comes up on the screen for the credits. I could be wrong, but it's right around where Gary Busey is. So Another acting legend. Let's be perfectly clear. You yeah. know, if we're, we're going to mention Dwayne, we better mention Gary Busey too, so. <laughs> There you go. Okay. So, All now, right. so anyway. <laughs> yeah, after we've been on a five minute segue to start, <laughs> Julius Shasin, yep, just re upped with the Rockies. And of course, you know, the rational place that Twitter is. Um, for some reason, it seems that people are upset about this. Um, I don't really get it. I, I mean, hopefully, uh, I get being upset if that's they're only signing this offseason. Of course. Um, but it's also November 13th. I mean, relax. But Shasin can pitch at elevation. I mean, that, that's part of the reason why they kept him. But also, too, he's a veteran. You you can't have just all these. You can't have everyone be 23 on the team because, well, first off, 23-year-olds, and this is speaking as a 23-year-old, um, it, a lot of 23 uh, year olds are not the brightest people on the planet. So <laughs> you don't want 26 no. of those in your clubhouse. Uh, you do have to have some veteran leadership. Um, so, and Shasin brings that. And like I said, 
he can pitch at Coors Field. Right. And he can be the long guy for the Rockies. Hopefully he's not a setup guy like he was towards the end of the season because he should not be a setup guy. He pitched fairly well enough to be a setup guy. But if he's a setup guy, that means you don't have anybody in the bullpen. And the Rockies know they have to address the bullpen. Right. And and one thing that Bill Schmidt talked about while we were in Carlsbad this week, Shashin's name get, did get brought up. And the fact that he was a really solid player for the Rockies. If you look at what he brought to this team, you know, he made one start. He was a long relief guy. He came in in some very short situations as well. You know, he was a guy who bounced around all throughout the, the innings. And really, again, earned Bud Black's trust. Bill Schmidt spoke very highly of him. So, yes, you're exactly right. I know a lot of folks are going, all they're doing is just resigning the same guys. And you're right. But I also know this, the fact that that's not going to be all they do this offseason is just resign former players. They, they can't do that. They yeah. know that. But I think to, to shore up some places with players that you trust, the Sensatellas, the Crones, the Chachines, I don't think that those are bad moves this offseason to at least get things going. Do I expect the Rockies to do anything before the December 1st with CBA expires? No, nothing big. But I think to at least get some of these in place so that they're ready to go when things kick back into gear, I think it's really important. Yeah, and hopefully it's only a lot. Uh, hopefully there's no lockout. But if there is a lockout, hopefully it's not that long. Because if we're getting into February, March, April territory, that's that's going to be no. a huge problem. Because especially if it gets to March and April territory, yeah. then you're looking at a strike-shortened season, which after 2020 was shortened, we don't need that again. We don't. But one of the things that I... I picked up on a lot while I was in Carlsbad is that everybody's expecting there to be a work stoppage and it to not be a short work stoppage. That's, that's the overriding sense that I got while I was there. I, I think that there's so far that these sides have still to come together that it's going to take some, some time for that to happen. Why they're not already doing that now and why they're waiting until there's actually a stoppage to really kick it into high gear is why baseball fans get so nuts about this and I, and I don't blame them for it. And that's part of the reason why, and I'm, to be very brutally honest, that's the reason why baseball is not the number one sport. And right. uh, it's a big reason why baseball is not the number one sport right now. Yeah. It's no, we, no, we joke, you know, I joked about the Broncos and Seahawks star all this, you know, and, and it's exactly right. It's because that's where the most passion lies. You know, and I get that it's a shorter schedule. There's fewer dates. You know, they own Sunday, all that stuff. I get all that. But at the same time, there is this belief that baseball is just kind of eh. And, and I think that we have done enough with work stoppage. I mean, think back to that pandemic shortened season you talked about and all the crud that there was before the players actually showed up to get the yeah. season started. It was kind of ugly there. And yeah. I have no doubt that this offseason is going to be ugly as well. Yeah. And that's we saw in 94 and 95 for that strike coming back from uh, that strike. Uh, MLB lost 20% of its attendance. 
So they they really can't afford that going into 2022. And it's if if something like that happens again, I mean, there's always going to be for me, uh, I will never say that I am not going to go away from baseball because it's by far my favorite sport. I mean, I, I do write for I do write about baseball for a living. So but there's going to be so many people that are going to be, and it was at the time too. There were so many people like I'm done. I mean, heck there was, there was hall of fame and granted the case I'm thinking of is a hall of fame broadcaster, but Tony Kubek, he was like after 94 and the strike I'm done. Yeah. He has never been to an MLB game since. And if you're losing life, uh, lifelong people like Tony Kubek 25 years ago, due to strikes, you're going to be losing a lot of people now, especially if it ends up going long. I mean, if it's a few days, okay, it's not going to look great, but at least, oh, it's it's December 7th and we we have a deal. Okay. But if we're talking uh, March and April and we're still talking about this. That's a problem. That's a problem. Sure. Well, and, and I really think it is if you get to the point where you're pushing back pitchers and catchers reporting, you know, all this stuff, you know, one of the things that isn't talked about a lot, but it's still bubbling under the surface is how 2020 affected 2021. As far as the minor leaguers missing all that time, as far as pitchers getting stretched back out and taking longer, you know, to get to that point in the 2021 season. And now if you're talking about a 2022 that starts and either the spring training is crunched down or the fact that it's pushed back and the season shortened, I mean, that's worst case. Absolutely. But I'm like you, I don't think MLB can afford that right now. And I think, I think both sides know that but they've got to actually put the pride aside a little bit and say, no, we, we've got to make sure we don't lose the fans. Yeah. And I would hope that Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, who both experienced and know well about uh, the work stoppage in 94, 95 Clark made his MLB debut shortly after the, um, after the strike, I believe set was September of 95. Um, but if you would think they would know, okay, 94, 95. I mean, even if we don't even get close to where we were, maybe at least by the start of the regular season, they can do what they did at um, the beginning of the 95 season, which ended up being, slightly truncated as well as 144 games. Yeah. At least they could say, Hey, we agree to disagree. We're going to play under the previous CBA until we can find something out, but we have to be able to play opening day after and have spring training, you know, spring training I, can be shortened because spring training is way too long as it is. Uh, the reason why it's six weeks long is for the minor leaguers and for the major leaguers back in the fifties who, uh, they, they they had to work at a grocery store in the off season because they weren't making jack squat. Uh, players stay in shape now, so you can have a three to four week spring training. Yeah, you don't really need longer than that, but you do need to be able to play 162 games next year. Agreed, for sure. 
Well, that's one of the kind of the buzzes that I heard while while we were out at Carlsbad. Um, when we come back from the break, I've got something that I heard from Bill Schmidt that, uh, no, I think you're going to be really interested here because it has to do with one of the articles that you wrote recently. Well, my, so, my, my. <laughs> so we will talk about that right after the break here on The Rocks File. Rock is your port. And we are back, Kevin Henry, alongside my friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. And Noah, as I was teasing before the break, uh, at Carlsbad during the Major League Baseball GM meetings, we had a great long visit with Bill Schmidt. Uh, some really good information I thought came out of that. We'll be posting that up as the month goes along here on Rockspile. But one thing that I was very curious about, and it has to do with an article that you wrote for our site about the dream lineup for 2022. And I want to make sure that everybody checks that out because while Noah, I thought you did a great job not going overboard, you certainly gave a high bar for the Rockies yeah. to reach if they wanted to, to make that lineup happen. I'm almost positive I said it in the article. And, and if if I didn't, I I have said it before. Uh, the Rockies are not going to get Mike Trout and Shohei Otani for a bucket of balls. Um, but they can, if they choose, they can decide to give enough money to Nick Castellanos that he would come to Denver and they can choose to give enough money to have Trevor story signed. They do have enough money. It's just whether or not they want to spend that money. Um, But like, especially on the trade front, they they do not have enough to acquire Shohei Otani, let alone Mike Trout as well. So it's like the Yankees fans of, Oh, uh, we'll give you Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier for your best player. Yeah, the they stink. Nobody cares. <laughs> there's a reason why you still have them. Right. So, there's also a reason why uh, they haven't been to a World Series since 2009. So, well, and let's let's talk about that uh, hole that has already been punched in your dream lineup. Unfortunately, is that uh, Bill Schmidt did say that the Rockies are not going to go out this offseason and sign somebody who is only going to be a DH. Yeah. So. Yeah. The dream of Nelson Cruz in a Rockies uniform is, unfortunately, I think, pretty pretty dead. So, uh, yeah, I know. And and one thing that that I took away from the talk because you know he he flat out said Nelson Cruz's name and that they're not going to go out and sign a full time DH. But the one thing that I took away is that always remember the Rockies are going to value versatility. Always remember the Rockies are going to want somebody who plays one or two different positions. Now, granted, Trevor Story was an exception. CJ Crone is an exception. Nolan Arenado was an exception. Exactly. So there are going to be exceptions to the rule, but the vast rule is that the Rockies want to find people that they can move around, that they can plug in place. And Bill Schmidt also did say that he believed that they had plenty of DH options already in-house or would be looking to bring in free agents who could play in the field and be DHs as well. And they do have some players that could DH. The problem is you really don't have anybody else to back them up. You do right. have Charlie Blackman, which I know Schmidt mentioned, yep. but the problem is Blackman has been on the record. Uh, uh, not so uh, he, he has said, I, I, I really do not want a DH. I hate DH. Yeah. But if if the DH comes to the NL, he's going to have to get over it. Um, it's, it's really as simple as that. I mean, whether it's a day a week or it's three days a week, who knows? 
but he's going to DH sometimes. CJ Crone is another one. Um, but the thing is, really, after those two, everyone else does not have that great of a bat, and or they need to be in the uh, they need to be on the field. Ryan right. McMahon does not need to DH. No, he's uh, he's probably their second or third best bat right now, and he is. Um, I'll say it. Uh, the best defensive player in the National League. That is not Nolan Arenado. It is Ryan McMahon. So he does not need to DH. Um, so Brendan Rogers does not need to DH. I mean, maybe one day a week is like a kind of a, a half off day. Okay. But the Rockies need to find somebody to play either second, short, or third and then plug in Rogers and McMahon at the other two spots. Um, and then your outfielders, Tapia does not need a DH. Uh, Sam Hilliard right now, unless he makes strides offensively, he is not a great DH. Uh, Garrett Hampson should not be DHing. Uh, Jonathan Daza, if he's anything like he was in the second half of the season, he should not be DHing. He's also their best outfielder uh, defensively. So he should not be DHing. So it's mainly with Crone and Blackman. Connor Joe could potentially DH. He did DH in a few games that they were in the uh, the AL parks. Um, but that was more of a, we want to get all of our outfielders in. So let's rotate the outfielders uh, with the outfield spots and the DH. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, and, and I've said it on the site, you know, you you teased a little bit before the break was about Nick Castellanos and how that a lot of people say, well, he's going to be, he could well be their big free agent signing. And if he is, and he's the guy who's very confident playing right field, then you've got to figure out what that means for Charlie Blackman. Because as you mentioned, Charlie is not a guy who's going to just sit, be happy as your DH. You know, yes. Now, can you can you switch Castellanos and Blackman out in the outfield? Sure, you could do that. But then I think that you really, again, the, are the Rockies looking for a guy who can only play one position? Now, he has played other outfield positions, but certainly nowhere near what he has right field. Yeah, uh, realistically, what the Rockies would, they would probably do is because Castellanos is not a great outfielder. Um. So they would have him DH some of the time and have Blackman DH some of the time. And they would likely then, if they, if they had to, they would put one of them in left, one of them in right, and then have somebody else DH. But what's more likely is one would play right and one would DH. And then they can have more of the defensive outfielders out there, whether it's Hilliard, Daza, Hampson. Um, yeah to kind of supplant them in center field, which is kind of what the Rockies have already done without Castellanos. But the Rockies know they have to get more offense. And if you're losing Trevor's story, that it, last I checked is not getting more offense. And that's, that's one of the things where <clears throat> in losing Nolan Arenado, there were some people who thought they would be a w- much worse team than they were. But they, they were not a much worse team. They actually did improve a few games, but the offense, it, I, I, 
I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but just watching, especially in the road games, the Rockies offense was much worse without Nolan Arenado. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't have that length. Yeah. I mean, if you're having, for example, Garrett Hampson hit seventh in your lineup or even at the top of your lineup, that's a problem right now. And now maybe he, this time next year, we're talking about him and he's made great strides. Maybe we're talking about Sam Hilliard making great strides. They do have to have some of those guys step up, which that's one thing that the Rockies have said, and we need to have these guys step up. But also, too, as Dick Monfort said back in February, you're going to have to cut bait with some of these guys. Where, okay, player X is not doing uh, what he needs to be doing. Okay, does he have a minor league option? Nope. Okay. See ya. Oh, you do have a minor league option? Okay, you're back in Albuquerque. Well, and I think that the Rockies are going to be a lot more lenient with Sam Hilliard than they are with Ryan Altapia. Yeah. I, I think yeah. there's a lot more room for potential. I think you see Hilliard playing winter ball this year. Yeah. And I think the Rockies are really looking to see how that he looks in that winter ball and heading into spring training, whenever that is. We talked about CBA and everything else. But I think that if you're going to add power into the outfield, it's going to come in left field. And, and I think that it's going to come at the expense of Tapia, whether that means that he is benched, whether he is traded. Uh, but I think you're going to see somebody who can slug a lot more out there than Tapia's propensity for hitting the ball into the ground. Yeah. And maybe it's even a, a, ideally he would be on the bench and it'd be kind of Joe. I, I'm talking about Connor Joe being on the bench. Um, and so he could play first, left, DH. Um, but maybe it's even uh, if the Rockies do come up empty, maybe it's Connor Joe that's in left field more than Tapia. I, I don't think that's their number one option. Yeah. Because while Connor Joe did play really well this season, he was, in fact, Granted, he only played in 63 games, but he was their second best bat if you look at OPS plus. But the problem is that's based on 60 games. I get the feeling that if you go into your opening day lineup next year and it is Connor Joe, Sam Hilliard, and Charlie Blackman in the outfield, the Rockies failed this offseason. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 I get Everybody loves Connor Joe. Great dude, great story, hard worker. I mean, all the things that check the box. But is he the guy who should be your opening day starter and left? Probably not. Uh, I think he's a good platoon guy. I think he's a good versatility guy like we've talked about. But I think if the Rockies don't make a splash in the outfield, in free agency, you're going to see a lot of folks just going, what are we even doing here? Yeah. And I mean, you already have that. Yeah. Where people have said it for years. What are the Rockies doing? I mean, I forget who it was who tweeted it, but at the, at the GM meetings, the number one comment about the Rockies is, what are they doing? Yeah, that was Groke. <laughs> yeah, that was Nick Groke. Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, uh, Nick Groke has some really interesting stuff coming out on The Athletic uh, based on what we heard out there at the Major League GM meeting. So certainly... If you're not an athletic subscriber or you don't follow Groke on Twitter, I would I would definitely highly recommend that because I think there's going to be some interesting things come out of that, along with what we're putting out on our side as well. Uh, Noah, as we start to wrap up here, 
one thing that I'm really curious to see is that, as you mentioned, a lot of folks are wondering what the Rocky strategy is. But I will tell you, uh, I wrote an article for our sister site, Call of the Pen, asking the same thing about the Cincinnati Reds offseason already, you know, uh, with uh, their trade of Tucker Barnhart, uh, you know, Miley going opting out. Castellanos, you know. So I think you're going to see a lot of these teams, and I hate to use the term mid-market, but a lot of these teams that are really trying to figure out right now what their next steps are, and they may not even make those next steps until they know what the CBA means as well. And the Rockies, and we'll have this on the site either this weekend or early next week, um, the Rockies have some coaching stuff as well that they have to fill out. Whether they do have an assistant hitting coach, Jeff Salazar, who left, um, and then a major league coach position, you have a bullpen coach position, but do they add to their coaching staff? You have three openings, at least based on what they had last year. There's teams like the Giants, who they have 15 coaches. There's teams like the Diamondbacks, who saw, oh, the Giants won 107 games. And we were awful. So we're going to change up our coaching staff a bit. And we're going to add Jeff Bannister as our bench coach. We are going to add Joe Mather as a hitting coach. And we're going to give him three assistant hitting coaches. Um, We're going to add Brent Strom, arguably the best pitching coach in the game right now. So they have made moves as well. Milwaukee, they're going to have three hitting coaches in 2022. The Rockies essentially had three in 2021, but they have to figure out some of their issues of why can't we hit on the road for a pitching coach uh, for, for a bullpen coach. And as I argue in the article that you'll see here soon, uh, I argue that they need an assistant pitching coach as well. Mm-hmm. Some teams have gone to that. The Dodgers have the giants have, a few other teams as well. And that pitching coach needs actually, and just imagine, turn back the clock five years ago and tell me if you thought anybody would ever utter this sentence. The Rockies need to figure out how to pitch on the road because they can pitch at Coors Field. Yeah. Not on the road, at least as well. Of their four of their five starting pitchers, pitch better at Coors Field in 2021. There's there are some players like for I'll I'll tell you the uh one that did not pitch better at Coors Field. And that was the Colorado native, Kyle Freeland. He yep. pitched actually better on the road. Now there are some pitchers that are more of the uh more traditional like that and okay he pitched worse at Coors and then on the road, he was better, but then there's some like we started off with the, uh, Yulisha signing <laughs> and guess what? At Coors field in 2021, he had an ERA of 287 on the road, 573. That, that is very close to Austin Gomber's numbers. I, at Coors field and on the road and I, I don't know if you remember this or not. His first, I believe, eight starts it was at home. 
for Austin Gomber, he had a sub one ERA. Yeah. But on the road, especially in San Francisco of all places. I mean, he had an ERA, I believe it was north of six. And at at San Francisco, he had an ERA of like 12. (laughs) It makes no sense. So the Rockies have to figure somebody out, uh, find somebody to figure that stuff out with the hitting and the pitching of, okay, what's the difference between going between altitude and sea level? Yep. Yep. And one thing that, uh, as we wrap up here, one thing that Bill Schmidt did mention again was his focus on the mental side of the game for the Rockies. And I specifically asked him if that meant the home road as well. And and he said, absolutely. That was part of it. So again, I'm curious to see what the Rockies do with the focus on the mental side of the game. Uh, you know, how they work the psychology into it, as well as the statistics. We're going to have a lot more on that, on the side about that and kind of what this may look like for the Rockies uh, moving forward. So, yeah, please follow us, RocksPileFS on Twitter, RocksPile.com. We have new content up there every single day to make sure that we keep Rockies fans in the loop. No, any final thoughts, man, before we wrap up? Uh, I actually do have one on the psychology end. There's a lot of people who wanted Daniel Bard to not be on the team in 2021 or 2022, I should say. Um, Don't be surprised if he still is on the team. And part of it is that veteran leadership. And part of it is the psychology stuff, because what did he do, Mr. Kevin Henry, before he was with the Rockies as the closer? He, was, he seems like he's a middle skills coach uh, with the Diamondbacks, if I remember correctly. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, interesting. Now, it's a great point, and uh, we will probably blow that up just a little bit on the side, just reminding folks of that moving forward as well. So, Noah, as always, my friend, enjoyed the conversation. Yep, as did I. And to all of you Rockies fans, thanks as always for listening to us. We value your time. We appreciate your trust and we look forward to bringing you some solid rockies content in the days ahead as this long dark winter just kicks into high gear but for now kevin henry signing off for my friend and colleague noah yingling and as always go rockies what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.